Chapter 11 of The Silver Bear. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Silver Bear by Edna Adelaide Brown. Chapter 11 A Rainy Day. One morning, about a week later, the sun did not shine and the east wind blew. The weather was so much cooler that Mrs. Merrill decided to visit the city to do some shopping. Lately, every day had been too warm to go. Even if it rained as seemed likely, she would rather have the rain than try to shop on a hot day. I shall not be home for dinner, she said to the children. So you must get it for father. Uncle Dan is working so far away that he is going to take his dinner with him. I will leave everything ready, and when you come in at eleven... There will be plenty of time for you to attend to it. Mrs. Merrill told Lucy exactly what to do about dinner. She told Dora to set the table and to help Lucy all she could. Then she gave them a key to the door and went away to catch the car for the city. The children locked the house carefully and started for the vacation school. They took an umbrella, but they did not wear rubbers. Mother had not said anything about rubbers. Before they had gone far, a few drops began to fall, and when they reached the Lincoln School, it was really raining. Tables and seats were wet, and the sand castles the little children left from the day before were flat on top and pitted with round holes where raindrops struck. The vacation school would have to move into the building, which was quite exciting, for every day had been so pleasant that the children could stay outdoors. Lucy's group was working in one of the big classrooms, and Dora found hers in the kindergarten room. This was more fun than a regular schoolroom where the children were obliged to sit at desks, because the kindergarten chairs could be moved about. Since the groups were scattered in different rooms, they did not sing together this morning. Each group sang a little while by itself before beginning work. Long ago, Dora had finished the Rosebud Square, she had made two in outline, though she did not like them so well. But when Miss Chandler said she did the first one very nicely, Dora really felt obliged to take another, though she preferred to cross-stitch. Then she had sewed another rosebud square, and yesterday finished one with forget-me-nots. This morning her sewing envelope was empty. After the singing, Miss Chandler began to give out the work. These are the last squares, she said. Next, the squares are to be sewed together, and that must be done by somebody who sews very neatly. Miss Chandler looked around the room. Three strips are already basted, she went on. Mary may have one to work on, and Anne may take the second, and Dora may sew the third one. Dora felt extremely proud to be chosen for this honor. Laura Carroll gave her a thimble and a slim needle with a long tail of thread. She set the first stitch for Dora, and then watched while Dora took some more. That's right, she said. You do it nicely, Dora. Dora stuck the needle in with great care. No baby who slept under that strip of squares should ever feel the wind blowing between the stitches. Another pleasant thing happened that morning. Outside, the rain beat on the windows, and inside sat the circle of little girls with their pretty sewing. Because of the storm, the smallest children had not come. Miss Chandler sat down in a kindergarten chair, too, and in her hand she held a storybook. I am going to read aloud, she said. Miss Laura will sit beside me, and if anybody wants help, 
let her raise her hand quietly, so as not to interrupt the reading, and Miss Laura will come to her and whisper what to do. The story was so interesting that nobody wanted to practice dancing when the time came, but Miss Chandler said they would all feel better if they did get up and move around, and that she would go on reading when the exercise was over. So everybody went out in the long corridor. To dance in the hall proved fun. Sometimes for music they had a victrola, and sometimes a fiddle. Today it was the victrola, and Miss Thorburn helped with the steps. Some of the children could dance very nicely now, and these were taken on one side to learn more steps. Dora was one of them. She did not need anyone to teach her how to dance. Her toes knew of their own accord. When school broke up at eleven, the rain was coming down in sheets. Lucy and Dora wished they had worn their rubbers. They knew all the time that they should have done so. Let's go home barefooted, Lucy suggested. Dora looked shocked. Mother never lets us take off our shoes and stockings, she said, except when we go to the beach for a day, or just on the grass in the backyard. I know it, said Lucy. I wouldn't do it just for fun without asking her. But shoes cost so much, and yours are almost new. It will spoil them to get wet. I heard father and mother talking about how much shoes cost now. It isn't being naughty, Dora. Dora agreed that it would never do to spoil her new shoes, but walking barefooted was not so much fun after all. The mud felt unpleasant, and there were pricky places in the sidewalk. When they reached home, they had to wash their feet, and then hurry to get dinner for father. He would come very promptly at twelve, because he had only to cross the street from the printing office. Lucy lighted the oven of the gas stove. Mother had left in it a glass baking dish with scalloped hominy, all ready to bake. There were meatballs to cook on a frying pan, and cabbage salad. Dora set the table neatly and put the salad on plates and the dressing in a bowl. She put on the bread and the butter and the salt, and got the water pitcher ready to fill when father came. For dessert there was a cherry pie. When the whistles blew at twelve, everything was ready. The meatballs smelled so good that Lucy felt quite proud of her cooking. On top, the hominy had turned a beautiful golden brown. They did not know whether father would want some coffee. Uncle Dan liked it for dinner, but Mr. Merrill did not always drink it. Look in the refrigerator, Dora, said Lucy and see if there is any cold coffee. Sometimes father likes it cold. Dora was peering into the refrigerator where she did not see any coffee when there was a crash and a cry from Lucy. Dora turned quickly. There on the floor lay the dish of hominy. Oh my, said Dora, coming to the stove. Oh dear, said Lucy, and she looked as though she was going to cry. They both stood staring at it. The dish was broken into a great many pieces, and the nice scalloped hominy was oozing over the floor. Let's take off the top, said Dora, into another dish. The top hasn't been on the floor, and perhaps it will be enough for dinner. Lucy brought two spoons and another dish, and they carefully took off the top part of the hominy. It was perfectly clean and good to eat, but there was a discouraging mess on the floor. That was mother's glass baking dish she likes so much, said Lucy mournfully. You didn't mean to break it, comforted Dora. She won't scold because it was an accident. Just then father came. He was glad that Lucy had not dropped the hot hominy on her feet, 
and said that the oven was too high for her to manage easily. In order to reach it, she had been obliged to stand on her toes. He also said that the top of the hominy was not hurt, and that it would be enough for dinner. Then he took a spoon and a pie-plate, and scraped up the mess on the floor, and all the broken glass. Lucy brought a wet cloth, and nobody would have known there had been an accident. After dinner, father went back to his work, and the children cleared the table. They did not know what to do with the plate of broken glass and hominy. They took out all the big pieces of glass, and rinsed them, and put them in the ash can. But there was the hominy, quite full of bits and splinters of glass. To put it in the garbage pail would never do. Broken glass could not possibly be good for Mr. Cassidy's pigs that would eat the garbage. I know, said Lucy, let's put the pan out in the rain. It will wash out the hominy for the birds to eat, and the glass is heavy and will stay in the bottom of the plate. Then we can throw it away. Dora thought this was a good plan. Timothy had already turned up his nose at the hominy, and Mrs. Eli would not eat it by mistake. Cats did not like hominy. They set the pan in the yard and washed the dishes, talking all the time about the vacation school. Lucy's teacher had read aloud to her group while they sewed, but a different story. They told each other the stories they had heard. That was one nice thing about being in different groups. The dishes were nearly done when a dreadful thought came into Dora's mind. She almost dropped a plate. Lucy, she said, there is Toby. Do you think he would eat that glass? Lucy looked out the window. Toby was a friendly collie who belonged to the druggist. He was not grown up enough to know that he should not go around in other people's yards looking for food. Not once had the children thought of Toby, only of the cats. Now he was there in the yard. Lucy dropped the dishcloth and ran to the door. The pie plate was absolutely clean. Hominy, broken glass, rainwater, all were gone. Oh dear, said Lucy again. Toby has eaten that glass and it will kill him. This seemed more than they could bear. They were fond of Toby, who was a very nice dog, and polite to Timothy, and Mr. Giddings, the druggist, was always kind to them. Only the other day, when they went to buy some toothpaste for Mother, he gave them each a pretty tin box. How soon will it kill him? asked Dora, almost ready to cry. I don't know, said Lucy. She sat down in a chair, and really did cry. To break the dish was bad enough. To have Toby eat the bits of glass was really too much. If we tell Mr. Giddings, perhaps he can give Toby some medicine so he won't die, said Dora. He will say we ought not to have put the plate in the yard. I did think of Timothy and Mrs. Eli, but not of Toby. It is our backyard, said Dora. Toby was not invited to come into it. I will tell Mr. Giddings, Lucy. I don't think he will be cross, and if he knows, he can give Toby some medicine in time. Lucy did not want to go, but she knew something ought to be done, and that it was not fair to let Dora go alone. So they put on their rubbers and ran over to the drugstore to speak to Mr. Giddings. Mr. Giddings was not at all cross. He was not a cross man anyway, and the children were crying. Bless you, said he when they had told him. That won't hurt Toby. Think of all the sticks he chews up and the splinters he swallows. I don't believe it will do him one mite of harm, but I'll give him some medicine just to make sure it doesn't. I'm glad you came to tell me. 
Now don't feel badly about it any longer. Toby shouldn't go around eating things he isn't expected to find. Mr. Giddings spoke so kindly and smiled so pleasantly that the children felt much better. Now that she knew Toby would not be any the worse for his queer lunch, Dora thought his eating it was really rather funny. Uncle Dan would think so. When Mother came, Lucy had still to tell her about the broken dish, but that was a small matter since Toby was no longer in danger of sudden death. Mother never scolded for things that were accidents. The oven had been high, and the dish was very hot, and Lucy's hands were small. Mrs. Merrill said she was sorry about the dish, but it was lucky Lucy had not been burned. She also said she did not mind their coming home barefoot, since it was to save their shoes. When Uncle Dan heard about Toby and the glass, as Dora expected, he laughed a long time. Toby must have a patent leather inside, he said, or else he is a circus dog. He could be one, said Dora. Mr. Giddings has taught him to sneeze when he wants anything. One day I saw Toby chase a squirrel up a tree, and then he stood at the bottom of the tree and sneezed for the squirrel to come down again. Did it come for his sneezing? asked Uncle Dan. It did not, said Dora. It jumped into another tree, and Toby didn't see it go. So he stood and sneezed till he was tired, and then he went home. End of chapter 11